0: Hey Changemakers, welcome back to Engage for Good Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. As the Barbie movie hit theaters, waves of people in pink flooded out to watch one of the biggest cultural moments of the year. I know that I wore a very sparkly pink dress to go see it. It was more than just a movie, though. Mattel and Warner Bros. Discovery partnered with one philanthropic partner, Save the Children, to ensure every girl has the confidence to dream. Mattel is a longtime supporter of Save the Children's Work and was aligned to collaborate on this unique global cause marketing campaign in the belief that all children need to be equally heard and valued, and that no girl is held back because of her gender. The Barbie movie provided a unique opportunity to galvanize consumers around a movie that speaks to this vision. Unfortunately, many girls develop self-limiting beliefs and stop believing they can be anything as early as six years old. Barbie the movie aimed to disrupt gender stereotypes in a way that was empowering, inclusive, and inspiring. In today's episode, I'm joined by Dan Pierce, Senior Managing Director of Corporate Partnerships at Save the Children, and Nancy Melinda, Executive Director of the Mattel Children's Foundation and Global Philanthropy at Mattel. In today's episode, we'll explore key opportunities for organizations that are partnering on content marketing in global markets, and the unique challenges those types of collaborations require to reach new and more diverse audiences. Key strategies and tactics for rolling out global cause marketing campaigns. How to differentiate philanthropic opportunities from other promotional partnerships. How to work together to ensure campaign messaging supports the creative vision of the content it supports. What made Save the Children the right philanthropic partner. And how Dan and Nancy prioritize their well-being. And with that, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Save the Children. Hi, Nancy and Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Thanks, Allie.
1: Hi there. Great to see you.
0: I'm excited for today's conversation. All right, Nancy, we are all more than what we do for work. Tell us a little bit about you as a person and also what do you do at Mattel?
2: Well, what a great question to to start out with! I love it. Um, at Mattel, um, I would say there's a very broad overview of of what we do philanthropically, from volunteerism to in-kind donations to grant giving, employee engagement, um, you name it. On the philanthropic spectrum, I get to lead it, um, and I'm extremely grateful. Uh, for that i feel i do indeed have the best job in the company um (laughs) and i often have told that so um, wonderful to hear i'm also a native californian um and so um, a little bit about me personally is i'm full on an outdoors person um i love the beach work very close to the beach mattel is minutes away from the sand i live in the mountains i know incredible um, I live up in the Pasadena area by uh, the San Gabriel Mountains and then just a drive away from the desert. So, um, I feel really blessed to be born and raised here. And, you know, when I'm not in the office or, or talking to you on a great podcast, I'm usually out on a hiking trail.
0: I love that. I live in Bend, Oregon, which I will often call nature's playground. Not great place for flying in and out of a lot of little tiny commuter airport, yeah. but. Paddleboarding and mountain biking yeah. and skiing and all the outdoor activities. So, I am uh, on your wavelength. Perfect, Dan. What about you? Tell us a little bit about you, and then save the children. Yeah,
1: I can. I can tell we have a lot in common already. We have to make sure we stay focused <laughs> on the topic because um, I also um, live in an area that has a lot to offer outdoors. So I live in Woodstock, Vermont, and oh. so just oh. to, just to give you a sense for for how my day goes, I get up every morning and I walk with my wife at a national park that abuts our property. With our two rescue dogs, and so it's about three miles every day at sunrise, and so that's how we mm-hmm. start our that day. That sounds
2: terrible. <laughs> I terrible. I mean, like, delightful. An amazing way to start the day.
1: Um, my wife is a farmer, so food's really important yeah. to us, and we have a high school age son who is really the smarty in the family, and he he really inspires us to be better people. Um, so that's a little bit about me. As far as save the children goes, you know what I like to start every conversation with is that I work in corporate partnerships, but I actually used to be a corporate partner. And, you know, I remember being really inspired by the work that Save the Children did. And so fast forward to six months ago, I had the opportunity to join the team here. So I jumped at the chance. Um, what we do specifically, so I lead what's called the consumer pillar in corporate partnerships. And so I lead a team that's actively involved in identifying and building strategic alliances with companies that share our values and our mission. So essentially what that is, It's fundraising, but what I like to think about is that there's always a give and a get. Um, I'm trying to Mm -hmm. always challenge myself and the team to figure out if we are getting a donation, what are we giving back and how do we add value to the the partner?
0: We like to call those win-win partnerships. Mm Okay, so Nancy, I understand that Mattel and Warner Bros. Discovery had over a hundred licensing partners and promo partners for the movie, but only one philanthropic partner. What made Save the Children the right choice? And can you tell us a little bit about the longstanding Barbie Dream Gap initiative and how that might have informed your decision?
2: Yes, yes, a- another great question, and I and I love this, you know, topic of um, talking about Save the Children as the one philanthropic partner for this movie because that made me so proud. And I know that my counterparts at WBD and the Impact team, um, we were aligned from the beginning. So number one, we knew there was no way um, between the two teams that we were going to launch this incredible movie without having a tie um, back to giving. Um, And uh, just to give you a peek into, you know, the decision making on who that partner was going to be, we I think WBD was like, okay, we're going to set this meeting with Mattel and we're going to let them know kind of where we're thinking and cross our fingers and as soon as we got into the conversation and they're like, so we're thinking Save the Children and their Girl Empowerment Program. It was like a complete mic drop. Um, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing for years. I know um, the Save team uh, has heard me say, I can't wait to engage with you one day on your incredible Girl Empowerment Program. Um, for us, it was global. So they um, it hit the mark for us on what the philanthropic end of Mattel and what I wanted to accomplish, what WBD wanted to accomplish, and then the Barbie brand as well. We're all over the world with offices in many, many regions, and we wanted to be able to share this campaign across all of our offices. So a tried and true global organization was a must. And so Save the mm-hmm. Children was a no-brainer. Um And so we, of course, connected this to the Barbie Dream Gap program because that's the main philanthropic driving program that comes from the brand. We just celebrated their five-year anniversary, um, and and throughout the five years, we have partnered along the way with other like-minded organizations that are looking to close this gap. Um, for children, for girls, especially, um, where they start, um, between the ages of, uh, when they get to five years old, they start, um, not believing that they can, um, be anything. And so. Which is so sad. It is really sad. Um, great, great research was done, um, and brought to the brand. And of course, this was, uh, a, absolute necessity for them to start working on it. So through global role model models that they um, celebrate right down through the organizations that are doing the work on the ground, um, for us, this was um, a perfect partnership uh, to lead into this movie.
0: I love so many of the different components that you brought up of girls empowerment, the fit for Barbie, and also the global component. And we're going to come back to that throughout the podcast of how do you execute this on a global scale? And I know, Dan, you're going to talk more about this before we get there, though. Nancy, what were Mattel's business goals for this marketing campaign and how did Save the Children or a philanthropic partner that you've picked help advance those?
2: So for Mattel we were thrilled that we finally were bringing to the big screen um, one of our most iconic brands um, with 99% global awareness um, and to be able to share in the way that um, we did with the incredible characters, writing, production. I think the business goal for Mattel um, overall, combine, combining our philanthropic goals was impact and awareness. And, and look at what it did. Um, for girls and um, longtime fans of the brand, I mean, we really, really um, blew this one out of the water. And so um, as far as as business goals go, I think we, we as we all know, it's a billion-dollar movie. It's the top-grossing film for Warner Brothers in their history. Um, and so that uh, couldn't be more of a goal-breaking moment for us at Mattel. And then when when you think of the philanthropic angle, of course, um, being able to um, attach to such a movie of this caliber, um, a, a give back campaign with one of our most trusted longtime partners for the foundation tied to the brand um, was a very, very special and celebratory moment.
0: There are so many different people that watch this movie that might have played with Barbies, might not have. My parents watched the movie at a drive-in theater in one place and then had a conversation around what it means to be a girl growing up this in these days and how that can how this movie can start to shape that conversation. So there's there's so much there. But to start getting into more of the partnership and the campaign, Dan, I wanna hand it over to you. On the flip side of Mattel, what were Save the Children's Goals and how was the initiative rolled out globally?
1: Sure, but If I could start by saying thank you to Nancy and to Mattel and the Warner Brothers Discovery Impact Team if they were here. When we learned that we were going to be the cause partner, we were beyond thrilled because we knew that this was going to be something like truly special and perhaps even a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, To answer your question, I think that we had three goals going into the partnership when we put our heads together to understand what we thought we could get out of the partnership The primary objective, knowing that we thought this was going to be a huge cultural moment, was driving awareness of our partnership with Mattel and Warner Brothers Discovery and the longstanding gender equity work that we do around the world. And so primarily driving awareness of of this great work. The secondary goal, because we are in corporate partnerships and fundraising, is to raise money. (laughs) Um and the third goal, you know, we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but it truly was an opportunity to open doors with other corporations. A lot of what we thought was by being associated with Barbie, the brand, Barbie, the movie, we're getting the kind of reach and cachet that we might not be able to generate by ourselves. And so to be able to open doors to other corporate partners was also a goal. And so we thought that we, um, we won on all three.
2: I love hearing that. Partners at Save the Children have heard me say this over and over again. Like, I really take on that as um, a part of what I do with our most trusted partners is that not only do I want um, to help them be successful through our giving and our reach and impact, but exactly, Dan, to shine a light through this enormous campaign, so that you have this incredible exposure for all the other um, companies or anyone else with an interest in your work in this space, Um, that makes me feel very, very proud. So like that to me is a huge goal um, for what I even think WBD and the Impact Team feel as well. Like you guys deserve to have that exposure and that why that's why we were so proud to include you in this campaign
1: well the the feeling goes both ways because we know that we couldn't have done it without you
0: and to build off of that too In terms of this third goal of kind of opening doors to more corporate partnerships, one of the things that I think it has done really well is serve as almost a what I would call a case study for showcasing what Save the Children can do at a global level, which not every nonprofit can do. And then depending on what your model is, and we'll get into that a little bit, it can be easier or it can be more challenging. But to come back into these goals, I want to I want to touch base on something, because one of the things that we typically deem as a component of a successful partnership is raising a ton of money for a nonprofit. Dan, you had a super ambitious fundraising goal that you didn't quite hit. However, the campaign was considered a huge success for Save the Children. So talk to us about how you measure and define partnership value with these types of campaigns.
1: Yeah. So, you know. I I think that everybody knows by now, Barbie was truly a cultural phenomenon. It was a huge success.
0: Oh, yes. And and I I mean
1: (laughs) it when I say this, like I'm trying to think back on other events like this, maybe a once in a lifetime experience. And so knowing that our primary objective was driving awareness of the Mm -hmm. partnership and of our gender equity work, we actually thought that overall it was a huge success. And so... Um, on that alone, if all we could do is drive awareness of this work, because by the way, although we've done this work for a long time, I'm not sure if, um, uh, people in the U S around the world are familiar with this work. And so it was a tremendous win just to get this on the map, or as Nancy, you said, to shine the light on this work. And so for us, that was really successful. And so, yes, we, we didn't reach our goals in terms of fundraising, but I think that the benefits of the awareness truly outweighed any kind of shortfall. Um, and then the last piece, as Nancy said, like introducing us and opening doors to new corporate partners. Um, we did that and we were able to generate revenue from those partners. And what we hope is to turn them into um, long-standing partners as we're going to 2024 and beyond.
0: So to put this in the terms of Thanksgiving, since we're nearing that time, if we're looking at this like a pie, fundraising is a slice of it. But the entire all of the slices make up a really successful
1: campaign. That's for sure.
0: Nancy, you were building this global campaign, this cultural moment together in conjunction with Warner Bros. Discovery and their impact team. But understandably, there are very few people who ultimately had access to the final cut of the movie. So you're building this whole thing, but you don't actually necessarily know what the final product looks like, which my risk adverse nature would make me nervous. I imagine... That it requires a lot of trust to build a global campaign across such a varied set of stakeholders. What was that experience like? Take us into it, yeah. and how did you create the trust required to make that possible?
2: Yeah, I, I love this because um, definitely, again, as I mentioned, this is our, this is our you know Mattel's first deep dive into uh, mm-hmm. a feature film, um, and we started uh, discussions I think in December of um 2022 um uh, on on the philanthropic angle and i think somewhere around there was the first um sneak peek that everyone got of the trailer. Very, very, you know, okay. very basic, you know, kind of the beginning of time sort of trailer. And so <laughs> I laugh about <laughs> Not it seen, but I remember seeing that and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. What's, where is this going? What, what is going to happen here? But, you know, so much trust in, in Mattel leadership who obviously had, um, the the pulse of everything that was going on, um, and so and my boss Catherine Freimark, is the head of communications. She was right in there constantly, um, and so you know, of course, trusting trusting the folks that I work with at Mattel, um, but then also with Save the Children, like again, seventeen year longstanding partnership. We've had many opportunities and different campaigns together centered around education and disaster relief. And they've launched some really incredible campaigns um, that I have loved. And so I think, you know, going into this, we all just kind of held hands and said, you know, with all of the folks that are involved in this, um, from the cast and the creators and the writing and the directing, and then just knowing um that Mattel was gonna really um focus on making a a very stellar film um with wbd that i think i was like uh we're on to something and this is this is going to be some great exposure so um indeed you know nervous moments but as we inched closer and closer to launch date and saw a little bit more here and there we knew um and then and then look what happened i mean this couldn't be a, a closer um storytelling moment for girl empowerment and gender equity uh, across the globe than what this film produced.
0: And the amount of people that I saw walking around or on social in pink Barbie outfits <laughs> right. regardless of gender <laughs> yes. right. always brought a smile to my face. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. My
1: wife and I wore pink to to our viewing.
0: There you yes. go. There I, you go. Totally
2: uh, you know and I'll say since we're on you know the topic of of um girl empowerment you know I think we I had several conversations about like okay you know if you make content directed maybe towards women, um, across the globe. Like we bring it, um, look at, look at what <laughs> happened, um, to, uh, the economy centered around all of these partnerships and, and just how like it really became a, a coming together moment, um, for families and, and everyone to, to kind of have that uh, special time together. So,
0: so keeping this theme of trust that we've talked about, Dan Save the Children is a federated organization, yes. which means you had to get different markets on board. Yes. What was that process like?
1: Yeah, well, I'll start with a relationship with Mattel and Warner Brothers Discovery because we didn't have yeah. access to the final cut either. Like wow. if Nancy, you didn't have it. We're like <laughs> <No>. 20 <laughs> steps or more removed from that. And so but we did understand three things. Number one, We've been partners with Mattel, I think Nancy's been 2005. Yeah. it's a long partnership with a lot of trust and a lot of goodwill. So we know, number one, we trust Mattel. Number two, we actually became students of the Barbie brand because we wanted to understand the brand equity and the evolution and really, really got to understand Mm -hmm. what we could piece together and what we thought that the business was trying to do. And we respected that. And the third part was that we understand that Mattel is focused on inspiring children and Barbie in particular, and Nancy, correct me if I get the words wrong, but inspiring girls and their limit, limitless potential. Correct. And that aligns yes. so perfectly with what Save the Children is trying to do with our brand, uh, with our um, girls' equity around the world. And so we trusted that the film would capture the essence of the Barbie brand, and it did. So from the outset, there was a lot of trust. And so, yes, we held hands and we moved forward, but we, we knew that it was going to happen. Now as far as save the children goes you mentioned that we're not one organization but we're a federation of organizations and we're aligned around mm-hmm. one um one movement. And so what that means is that while we're independent organizations we are aligned to one all around one movement and so there's a lot of communication and there's a lot of coordination because we have the same goals. But every country has a different CEO and a different board and different working members and so um we also knew that Barbie has just different cultural relevance in different parts of the world. right? And so part of our job as our team in the U.S. was bringing our colleagues together from different countries, with different cultures, with different languages. Then you can get down to the tactical, different time zones, different meeting norms. Oh, yeah. Bringing them all together. And part of what we're trying to do was to show them the benefit of being a part of this um, partnership. And so that was a very large part of what we had to do. And the process... There's no magic process. It's really about planning the work and working the plan. It was about a lot of communication, bringing people together at the right times, either as a group or individually. So we'd have one-on-one conversation with the members. So they truly understood what the partnership was going to be about and to really show them the benefit. So internally, what I like to do is I'm not selling anybody, really. I don't want to sell people. I want them to see the benefit of the partnership. I want them to see the strength of the partnership with Warner Brothers Discovery and, and with Mattel and that the benefits of this partnership and driving all of our gender equity around the world, we just couldn't pass up. And when you put it in those terms and you show them the benefit that we could achieve, um, it really wasn't a selling process. It was really just showing them the way and showing them what could happen.
0: I really like this approach of not selling and focusing more on the benefit and what they can get out of it. And I'm curious on the flip side, I'm guessing that perhaps some of these markets were easier to get on board than others. And one of the things that I think is really powerful on the podcast is sharing some of the things that were more challenging and how you got through them. Can you tell us a little bit more about maybe a component that was more difficult and how you navigated through it?
1: You know, this is going to sound not very interesting or sexy, but it was really (laughs) about, it was really about finding the time to have thoughtful dialogue. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that we had a ton of convincing to do. It was really for those countries that maybe where Barbie was a little bit less culturally relevant. Um, it was really about making sure that they understood what Barbie stood for, at least from what we could tell from all the research that we did. And showing them the benefit of the the relationship. And so, Ali, it's it's not a a sexy answer, but it was really about conquering time zones and calendars and language um, to make sure that they really understood the Barbie brand and what we're getting ourselves into.
0: So to put it differently, maybe the, the tactics in some cases were a little bit more challenging than the strategy necessarily.
1: A model that I've used for leadership and bringing people along in the process um, is is pretty straightforward, and it's something I learned a long time ago. You have to have a great idea, you have to bring people with you, and you have to get it done the right way. And I think that we're really fortunate because the, the idea was actually handed to us by Mattel and Warner Brothers Discovery. So it was a really fantastic proposition. And so the challenge, I think, is the middle piece. And I think that's what leaders get wrong a lot. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's something I'm trying to always be better at, is the bringing people with you part. You can have great ideas and you can have people that like get things done really well. It's that middle piece, I think, where we stall. And so really going back to what I was saying before, it's transcending time zones, it's transcending cultures and language and making sure that as a group, we understand what we're trying to do. But uh, uh, what often happens in a negotiation is that you have to pull people aside and you have to meet with them one on one and convince them. And once you can hear them in a private setting, to help them overcome either their challenges or their questions. And so it's that bringing people along in the process that was a challenging piece. And I think that what we did was um, we did exactly that. We had a plan to reach out to all of our partners as a group individually, and we executed against that.
0: Such a good component of it's not just the group piece, but there's also individual conversations that need to happen. You have to sit down face to face or zoom to zoom, however that's taking place with someone to really understand What are they nervous about? Where are their hesitations? And understanding those pieces helps you move forward together as opposed to handing them something that they're not going to get behind because you haven't done the job of listening first. Exactly. Okay. So that's a challenge from Save the Children's side. Nancy, What's the challenge you faced related to creating this moment in this campaign? And how did you overcome it? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, you know, really limited challenges, I think, like from a a grand scale that one might think um, occurs when you're creating a campaign like this. I think, you know, it was there were so many of us and we all wanted to make sure that our messaging um, was brought clear across the campaign, right? So there's the philanthropic message from from Mattel corporate in my world. There was the Save the Children messaging and storytelling. There was the Barbie brand messaging um, and what they wanted to make sure um, came across as far as the Dream Gap Um storytelling component, and then, of course, WBD. And so it really was, again, you know, maybe, Dan, it sounds like you're off, you know, uh, bringing in all of the folks across the world for Save the Children. And then I think in our world, we all came together. And there was just, you know, a lot of coming together in meetings and um, throwing out different scripting and storytelling ideas and then revamping it a little bit because it didn't quite get to, you know, the nugget Mm -hmm. that Save wanted to portray. And then we wanted to make sure that Mattel philanthropy was ingrained in in the dream cap, which we did beautifully. So I would say maybe challenge is not the appropriate word here. It's just more of like um, deep communication, understanding. And for me, it was just trust. Um, and so, you know, we cared so much that I think we all just, um, had to over communicate and over, um, plan how we wanted to make sure the story was pulled properly across all channels involved.
0: And Dan, if we want to transition into other kind of lessons, what's a lesson you learned that would be helpful to others that are building global campaigns?
1: Yeah, before I answer that, I do want to echo what Nancy said about trust and communication. It really comes down to that. And so, you know, the the lesson, you know, sometimes there are really big strategic lessons and sometimes there are really tactical lessons. I actually oh, yeah. think this was a case where the tactical actually was more important. And here's what I mean by this. There was no magic strategy in getting all of our member countries to be on board. Um, there was no magic process. And there's a saying that sometimes you do have a brilliant idea, but that was given to us. But sometimes it's about excellent ex- execution every single day. It's like doing the basics really, really well. And what I mean by that is having shared objectives. Um, having clear communication having clear timelines having regular focused discussions as a group and then also ali you pointed this out individually because sometimes that's when you get the work done in like the the back halls um, or the cafeterias of a corporation oh, yeah. like that's where you get the work done and then follow up and follow through and so again there's no like magic strategic answer, I think it's really just performing these basic tasks really well every day, bringing people along with you for the ride and getting it done.
0: And sometimes we forget how important those basic tasks are. Mm -hmm. Also, if I had a dollar or maybe $10 for every time people talked about how important trust and relationship building are on the podcast, I could have retired five years ago. (laughs) It'd be great. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So we are nearing the time that we're going to close this thing up. And I have a lightning round of three questions for each of you. So Nancy, we'll, we'll start with you. What are one or two key behaviors or strategies that help you excel as a leader?
2: Ah, great, great question. And I am, I'm, I'm going through this at Mattel right now with a group of my peers. Ooh. And so we've been really deep diving into some key components. Um, and so i easy for me to say um, that it is empathy and self-awareness. Um, and really, I I love those two um, categories for a leader because to me, it's less about um, me and my strategy as a leader, but more so listening to those that I work with um and really understanding everyone's um platform narrative story what they want to co- accomplish in their career um that helps inform me and then from there i feel like i can be a better leader when i understand um the complete goal of all of the people that i work with and i work with a lot of different people um not necessarily on my team, but all over the u s and they all have um specific goals in mind, and so for me to really listen to those, understand um be aware of of different cultures and different goals and different um ways that they want um to work at Mattel and get the best of themselves out of mattel um that's kind of where I drive my myself um self leadership and awareness.
0: And Dan, what about you? One or two behaviors or strategies?
1: Yeah, this is going to be a little bit redundant. And Nancy, you and I have a lot more in common than I thought. Yes. You know, <laughs> for me, I, I just have one and it's empathy. And, mm-hmm. you know, in my entire career, first as a brand marketer and now working in corporate partnerships for Save the Children, empathy has been the, the through line that I think has helped me be successful. But it's also what I've seen other leaders um, really exhibit and be successful. And the way I define that is demonstrating an understanding of what the person on the other side of the table is feeling or believing doesn't mean you have to agree with the person doesn't even mean you have to support the person but just to really understand where they're coming from i think will help you as a leader and and by the way as a human being because you know Mm -hmm. when you know what their struggles are when you know what their objectives are when you know what they're trying to achieve it actually helps you connect with them and I think that you we too
0: are speaking my language <laughs> yeah.
1: and we forget about that a lot. I mean, that it's it, it truly is about human connection. And I think yes. empathy is, is a great way to achieve that.
0: It is a leadership skill of the now and of the future that hasn't maybe necessarily existed as what's the word I'm looking for as broadly as it should. Yeah, it, it's that whole component of, you know, what we keep hearing
2: um, is bringing your your whole self. Um, to the office. Um, and so I think, you know, as leaders learn to cultivate an, an empathetic um, uh, sort of forum within the groups that they work with, we're we're truly, you know, bringing how we are with our friends and family um, essentially into the workforce and learning more about other people like we would in our personal life. There should be really no barrier and crossover between our work and our in our personal life, that to me is true work life balance.
0: OK, so that's a good segue. Our industry, CSR, social impact, ESG, whatever phase of it you work in can be a really busy one that is under resourced. So I'm curious, and Dan, I'll hand this one to you first. How do you carve out time and space to protect your well-being without compromising the progress of your initiatives?
1: Really important because we always have something going on. I think that if we wanted to, we truly could work seven days a week, but you mm-hmm. can't. Um, because we're all <laughs> no. we're all human beings. And so, you know, my approach is pretty straightforward. And I don't know if it will work for everybody, but I've seen it work with others. And it's very simple. You schedule your well-being as appointments during your day. Yes, so yes, yes, yeah. yes. I schedule <laughs> my hikes. I schedule my CrossFit. I schedule a meditation, you know, even if it's for 10 minutes um, in the middle of a day. And if you protect it, here's what I would say the time is well worth it. Because if you can actually take care of yourself, with whatever you do, for some people, it's fitness, for some people, it's sleeping and eating well. But whatever you do, if you schedule it, I think that, you know, I think there's science out there that will show you and if not, I truly believe this, you're going to come back a lot more re energized and reinvigorated. And so you're not you're not diverting time away from your work. My argument is that when you come back to work, you're much more focused because you're fresh.
0: 100%. I also have meditation on my calendar during the workday and lunch walks, and then the other stuff gets scheduled too. Okay, Nancy, yeah. what about you? Yeah.
2: Okay. So <laughs> really, really enjoy this topic. Um, I, I recently kind of took one of those, you know, leadership um you know, what, what is in my top five strengths, let's just say. And as I went through the questionnaire and got the results, um, the number one strength that popped up that made me laugh was rest. So my number one strength in all of these leadership categories was rest. And I was like, oh boy, oh gosh, if I'm going to be you know, if, if I have uh, anyone evaluating my top strings, they're going to see like, oh, she's really valuing her rest. But I agree, and Dan said it. At this point in my career, I've been at Mattel for 26 years. You know, I'm in my midlife. And for me to bring the best um, of myself for my team and my partners and to do my best work, yes, you have to really take time to dial back. To rest, to really take a moment for yourself. We've learned, and we in, in in this country especially, we think being overscheduled, overtired, you know, too busy is a sign of success. And I am here to say, like, let's debunk this long standing yeah. idea that that's that that's the the sign of success because um when i'm exhausted like there's i'm just not giving 100% um and so yeah that that was a that's a great lightning round question because uh, i recently learned that about myself so i'm going to own it number 1 rest
0: You should. You should. Okay, so two (laughs) thoughts there. One, and I can get on my soapbox about this, which I'm not going to do because we're about to end, but the world of work that we have created is so far away from what is good for us as humans and what actually drives productivity and revenue that it's time to come back to a lot of these practices. And two, Nancy, I'm going to take it one step further. I can imagine that getting rest back as the number one or one of the tops in your leadership skills could probably feel a little bit like, oh, gosh, what are my leaders going to think? But on the flip side of that, having your team be able to see that and having you lead by example for any listener leading by example, scheduling your well-being, making sure that you're taking it and practicing it is one of the best ways to set your team up for success. Love that. Okay, last question. Where can people learn more about, Dan, we'll start with you, you and Save the Children.
1: Sure. If you want to learn more about Save the Children, we would love for you to visit us at savethechildren.org.
0: Nancy, what about you and Mattel?
2: Yeah, we um, we have some of our great philanthropic storytelling um, and our mission and vision on Mattel.com. Um, that's our corporate website. You can learn a lot about Mattel through there. And I would love if anyone's interested in connecting on LinkedIn, I'm sure Dan agrees. You can you can find Absolutely. us by, by searching by name on LinkedIn. We'd love to connect.
0: Wonderful. Well, we will include all of that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Nancy and Dan, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank
2: you. What a great conversation. Thank you.
0: The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week
1: is by Ian Post and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.